Hello and welcome to a different sounding episode of the Retrovision Dragons Lair podcast. This is episode 8 of season 2 and some of our eagerly listeners will observe that I'm not Cameron Becker hosting this week. I'm Josh Kempton. Uh, Cameron, in the absence of Liam Hindle, Cameron's actually slid over into the producer's chair. So how are you, Cameron? I'm very good, thanks, Cameron. I'm having a bit of fun on the uh, on the buttons today, that's for sure. Yeah, so we weren't scheduled to do a show this week. I'm obviously first day of a two-day fixture, but we've recruited someone very big to this episode of the Dragon's Lair. So the man, the myth, the kegjund, Oliver Arkenstall, is here with us. How are you, Ollie? How are you, boys? Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Something different for me. Um, I think living a lot of boys' dreams at the moment, to be honest. A few boys will be very jealous. So um, Ollie told me like a few weeks ago, like just as a joke, like, oh, I can't wait till one of you or Bex's away and I can like fill it on the lair. And I think he was like joking, but it's one of those things I just like filed away. I was like, right, right. And then, um, yeah, we've had a few issues going on. So Ollie stepped in and stepped up. But we are here thanks to Retrovision and Retrovision offer the best brands and the latest technology from small appliances to white goods. You'll find the very latest in the world's best brands for school, work and play. So thank you to Retrovision as the lights go off here. The world's a close club issues as per. Yeah, nothing unusual there. But yeah, so we are here, Ollie, and we weren't supposed to be here because a very good episode of the Get to Know Your Dragon podcast came out today with Mick Jers. Um, I loved it. I, I was sceptical, to be honest. I thought it was just a bit of content filler. Liam getting excited, wanted something to do. Bex wanting his head. <laughs> prevalent again as per usual well, that was why i wasn't too unhappy about stepping to the side today because i thought you've already heard enough of my voice this week but uh liam actually did a really good job with he that. did yeah. and you did a very good job as well and so did mick he was you probably can have a better guest for the first episode of that it was a good show. it was a good starter he um he's good because he brings lots of content so you, <laughs> you didn't have to talk you just had to give him something and uh he yeah. was more than happy to run with it i so. just give him a little prompt and he'd talk for the next five minutes it was perfect yeah no, some no of issues. the recall he had was like just unbelievable he was talking about like games in 1995 when he rocked up to the club and stuff so um yeah that shows on its own feed just um typing get to know your dragon wherever you get your podcast and you'll find that one and that's brought to you by everlast isotonic sports drinks but and on youtube as well it's on yeah yes, um, fully videoed so yeah liam did a spectacular it has to be that. one of the wordiest titles in podcast history. There's, um, yeah, we. I don't know. There mustn't be a word count because he has <laughs> definitely exceeded it. If there <laughs> thank was, you if to there our friends one. at Everlast Sports Drinks, but I'm not sure they've got a good deal going in the title. Oh, <laughs> massively, they've got fifty percent of it. <laughs> but anyway, we are here to talk about the cricket that happened on the weekend, and we will do that and jump into the AR Advisors Week Eight review. And we'll start with the first grade as we do every week. And it's good to have a first grader here. Um, normally, it's just me as a spectator and Bex playing third grade. There's not heaps going on, but oh, you do play in that first grade team, so it's good to have you here. Oh, occasionally, I, <laughs> I dabble, mate. Bat nine, bowl a bit, so playing everyone's dream role. You did. So, um, yeah, first grade in the good contest against Melville. So, the boys bowled this week and the Storm are 268 all out after the first day's play. So, they win the toss and bat at Barinder. So, their openers put on a 111-run stand. Um Obviously, we're down Matty Hanna this week, who's injured and going to be out for a while, so more work for you, Keg. So what were your sort of thoughts when that opening stand was happening? We weren't too disappointed, to be honest, because our plan is always to, to go deep. And without our main bowler, obviously, it's hard to to really attack early. So um, a bloke, Blake Reed, their opener, he made 50 off about 230 the week before, and we sort of decided that if he wanted to do that again, then that <laughs> definitely falls into our trap. So, I mean, yeah, it doesn't look good when he's none for 110, but... Um, we always felt like we were still, it was pretty even at that stage. It was interesting because I rocked up at um, just after lunch two weeks in a row and the first week against Scarborough, they were four for 100 and I said, oh, how are we bowling? And it was like, the general theme was like just rubbish. And then I rocked up and we were done for 110. I said, how are we bowling? And they said, oh, pretty good. Just 
sort of haven't got a breakthrough yet. But um, Wahe Gurudilan, as he so often does, managed to get the first breakthrough. So, um, yeah, I think it was Reid just sort of induced an aggressive foul shot and he took a smart catch of his own bowling because, like, this catch went, like, sort of high in the air and it could have, like, lobbed between three blokes, but Guru said, no, nah, it's mine, I'll take it. Yeah, he um traditionally not great off his own bowling, but <laughs> funny that. He's called two blokes out of a high ball, uh, which I don't think he's ever done before, and he held onto it running backwards, so... I think Blair was sitting right under it, but it, <laughs> it was out. never a chance. So Guru made sure um, his wicket tally keeps going up. Well, you said not great off his own bowling. Do I recall correctly that he took an absolute blind against Melville at Melville last year of his own bowling? I think you recall that purely because it's all he ever talks about. <laughs> um, every, every time someone says something about, oh, no good off your own bowling, Guru, um, he's more than happy to remind us of that. So I guess one out of 150 is enough for him. So good on him. All right, so we're back. Uh, the mixer just went flat. We had to go get some new batteries, and aerobics has really turned it up for us on this Wednesday. Very exciting so, timing. Very loud. Normally, you can just hear it slightly in the background, but you might have something to dance to on this episode of the Retrovision Dragons Lair. So, uh, yeah, back to the cricket. Uh, yeah, so Guru gets that breakthrough, and Melville just keep on trucking. Um, they build a few decent partnerships, but Bondi actually breaks through and gets a few wickets. Um, I heard from someone, I won't name him, Jess, that Bondi's best bowling days might be behind him, but he had a pretty good weekend with the ball. Um, yeah, Bondi's a weird one in the fact that he won't bowl for a while, but you know you'll get exactly that from him. He'll just come through, break up a partnership and um, do the job, and he's very passionate too, so uh, it's always nice. He gets the boys having about when he takes one because he, uh, he still carries on a bit. Yeah, because I watch a lot of cricket with Rex, as some might know, and Rex, like, if it was up to Rex, Bondi would open the bowling and like bang his bats 45 at one end. Bondi would just bowl 45 from one end, like... Yeah, I think we had the. <laughs> I think we had in the Scarborough game. You could hear Rex from the boundary a long way yeah, away like, telling Bondi to bowl himself. Oh. And funnily enough, he did bowl himself. But I don't think <laughs> Rex had anything to do with that. So yeah, Bondi gets a few wickets. Um, look, Melville, they're going all right. But they sort of collapse as the day draws to a close. Perhaps we're going to lift the run rate. So um, yeah, two wickets for Fares, we get for Guru, and then a hey, run out for our own Oliver Arkansas. Um, yeah, assisted by John Sanders. There, you want to talk us through that one, Holly? Uh, not much to it, mate. I think <laughs> we're all on the boundary except for Shane in the ring, um, and he's tried to throw the stumps down and and missed. <laughs> so um, I'm backing up, and they've old mates on the floor. And <laughs> coming back for a second, I just threw it into John, and he took him pretty comfortably. So um, nothing to carry on about there, Josh. Holly Arkansas, the clean up crew. So um, yeah, Melville, Melville, all out for 268. So the bowling card there. Um, Guru good again, four for seventy-four from twenty-five point five overs. Um, really getting back to some of that outstanding bowling form he showed last year. Yeah, I think he just needed to take a few wickets for his confidence, and now that he's done that, I think he can um settle in for a bit. I think it was a bit hard for him to start with with sort of Das and the likes in the team taking taking overs and wickets off him, but um he gets to just settle in now in the in the longer form of the game and just do his thing, which is um good to watch. So Bondi two for forty-two from his fifteen overs and. Zachary Ferris, two for 35 from his 12 overs, the other multiple wicket takers. But we'll jump into the second grade, and you might not hear me saying this too often. I'm really disappointed Liam Hindle isn't here with us today because we've hosed him and hosed him and hosed him. The second grade have had, to be honest, a pretty poor season, even though we try to paint things in a positive light here on the Dragons Lab. But the second grade on the weekend had an absolutely outstanding day. So uh, the tail of the tape there, they, um, the Dragons bat first, make 293 and reduced to the storm to three for 14. What an unbelievable start. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to believe almost, which sounds awful, but um, the twos are rocking again, which is nice. Um, I mean, you'll talk more about Lincoln Joy, but I think a few blokes in form there uh, and really taking it to their attack, which um, which was exciting. I think they were over 100 at, well over 100 at, at lunch. So we all found out, sort of came off the field and, and heard about that. And, um, and then three for at the end of the day, they're uh, flying. 
So Lincoln, yeah, just another outstanding start at the top of the order after 100 last week. 95 from 85 ball was like, this was a team that was pretty desperate for runs and you just wondered where they were going to come from and Lincoln's just come up from the threes. Like, with all due respect for Lincoln, not on the back of particularly outstanding form either in the threes and he's come into the twos and I think he made 30 odd in his first dig following on and then he's gone 190. So like, unbelievable effort from Lincoln there. So, yeah, and I just think Two very different innings by the look. I think he faced close to 230 balls in the in the Scarborough game and 85 for his 95 um, in this fixture to show um, he might be a bit better than people might have thought. He's, he, uh, he's he, got the lot. He actually mentioned something to me about that the other week. Um, he was like, I always pitched if I scored 100, it would be off like 75 rocks, something, <laughs> just going nuts. So he was real shocked at these 230 pills or whatever it was. So I think he was out with uh, something to prove on the weekend. Well, he's got gears, Lincoln, so yeah... Um I did, like, it was a funny-looking scorecard because, like, David Cameron was batting at three after we lose Ben Wichke early, and it was, like, sort of funny to see those two batting a partnership. So um, I've done the maths after some uh, frog box badgering. So um, a partnership of 106 between those two. Uh, Lincoln contributed 91, and Extras <laughs> contributed a few more. So um, David, I think he calls himself the anchor of that lineup. So We love the anchor. Yeah, drop an anchor there. So um, after that, there was a little bit of a collapse in the middle order, so Dragon Slide, you might call it, one for 114 to six for 160, but two new boys in that second grade lineup come in and did really well. Um, one down in Luke Holton, one up in Stu Hepburn, um, put on 87 for the seventh wicket there. Stu's good form just continues, doesn't Unbelievable. it? Unbelievable. Um, I think we were all worried he was just staying in the threes so he could make runs, but <laughs> he's uh, he's proven he's happy to do it in the twos, and very good to see Holt go down and, and make some. We all know he can, probably starved of opportunities in the ones batting at 10. I think every week. So. Yeah, but even Holty, like he batted really well in combination with you a few weeks ago when you were batting at nine. I thought that was a bit funny. Like Holty at ten is just it's a disgrace mm. almost, really. Yeah, that's the beauty of our club at the moment. I think we do have blokes that would traditionally bat in the top four in a lot of teams batting at nine and ten. So it's uh it is exciting. It puts a lot of pressure off other blokes, I think. So yeah, Holty out for fifty one as that day draws to a close. Um Stu Close behind him on 47, some late hitting from Keegan DeCoco, who is probably batting well below his station as well, lifts that score up a bit further. But the most exciting part of the day, the boys squeeze in eight overs before stumps and get Melville three down. So wickets for uh, Lockie Searle and Stu Hepburn coming up, opening the bowling, and then Holty gets a quick one as well. Just what an unbelievable day that was. Mm. And all three blokes new to the team, they're taking wickets. So uh, good to see new contributors in that team. Um, and I think they probably needed to freshen up the two, so this is exactly what they needed, and it's exciting. It's going to be good for Holty to bowl a lot of overs this week, I feel. Um, I suppose he's had a little bit starved of opportunity in the ones this year. It's just hard in a in a team that relies so much on spin in the first grade. Um, when, you're, when you're second in line behind, well, third in line when Darcy's there, you've got Darcy, who's a, who's a state-level spinner. You've got Guru, who's not far behind, to be honest. Um, team of the year last year. Um, so for a young bloke coming in bowling leg spin, which is difficult enough as it is it's hard to get some consistency when you sort of bowl one bat over and the uh, brutality of the of the industry is that yeah. there's other blokes there that can do that job so it's good for him to go down and get some confidence uh Holty is on levers this week i'm sure he's behaving himself and being responsible but i do remember one of my mates made his first i won't name him um might be at the club at the moment made his first grade to play one of his first grade games after he went to Levers, and um, I remember watching him warm up, and he had a bit of a chunder, so I'm sure Holty will be in a better state than that. You'd hope so. <laughs> I guarantee it. So I'm um, jumping to the third grade, so really good week for them last week. Um, almost a sort of bit of a reversal in fortunes, Cameron. Yeah, it prob- quite the opposite, unfortunately, this week. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, as, yeah, as we've spoken about, Camo, there's a couple of good players in that Melbourne Yeah, team we'll that- get to that for sure. So, um, yeah. 
The sort of broad strokes here are Melvilla 2 for 86 and Stumps uh, pursuing a score of 109 from the Dragons at B2 there. So, um, yeah, the boys win the toss and bat and always in the blink of an eye, they're 8 for 56. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, without naming names, Cameron, I did, it did raise my, my eyebrows just to see um, some bowlers with significant first grade experience. Yeah, um, obviously Drew Porter and Tom Kyo Shepard were playing their threes team, but uh, just... It was a real good display of bowling. Like, I know it sounds stupid to say, but normally you'd see five for 40 or five for 60 and you're like, oh, probably some average batting. That was some terrible shots and that. But I think on the weekend, we literally just got completely out-bowled by these guys. Because I, I said to Bex, like, oh, that's a little, maybe to light and light, a little bit unfair, but it sort of raised an eyebrow. But then I remembered, oh, some of the fourth grade teams we put on the park. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just going to say, it's probably our just deserves, isn't it? And unfortunately, the threes have copped it on behalf of... Some Aaron McCall and Chris <laughs> yeah. Elliott that are, have I'd, decided to tear up the fourth league last year. And, yeah, I think some of our own medicine. I was going to say, like, I'm not going to complain, so I thought I'd, uh, I'd I'd stay quiet on that. Cameron, don't mute yourself because <laughs> that scorecard could have been a lot worse at A for 56 if not for some dogged resistance from you and James Scott. Uh, put on 49th the ninth week of there, batted for the better part of two hours. Um, but that's not what I want to talk about. What I did find funny was it was a bit of upward momentum through the grades this week and... You still got demoted from three to nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, I managed to make it look tough out there when we made three thirty last <laughs> week. So um, I think that's the tale of my career. Normally, get, someone goes, "Oh, do you want an opportunity up the order?" I go, "Yes." Make no runs, drop back down. Hopefully, do okay. But um, it was good fun though out there on the weekend. I'm not going to lie. You remind me of myself, a real back against the wall operator. Just yeah. when it gets tough, like yeah, someone's you love the say, challenge. Don't you? <laughs> yeah. I think I mentioned that on Saturday. A couple <laughs> oh, of, times. of course, you did. It's like I'm no front runner. You know, if it, if the chips are down, that's when you want me out in the middle. But <laughs> yeah, so I couldn't hang the full day, Cameron. Unfortunately, out for 35 just on the stroke of tear there. Um, the boys come out bold. Jimmy Andrews gets two pretty early wickets to um, inspire a bit of hope, I suppose. But Looks like Melville will record a win there and Cameron is going to have a very frustrating day in the dirt when the result is <laughs> yeah. sealed. Well, ideally they make some runs pretty quickly and we maybe have a crack at getting another bat again. So that, that's the aim for our from our perspective anyway. Yeah, so Melville need 24 runs to win with a further eight wickets in hand. <laughs> eight cricket's so. a funny game. <laughs> <laughs> An equation fairly in their favour, I would suggest, as we jump into the fourth grade who find themselves in a good contest. Um, Aaron McCall wins the toss and bowls again. Shock. Um, yeah, just sort of regular wickets here, no really big partnerships. Um, the outstanding bowler on that card, um, Matt Maguire. His name was, I haven't seen him on the scorecard before, so I'm not sure if he's... Magsy, mate. Unaware. You're gonna key, like... key player from last year. Yeah, you get a yeah. film in with this Has some of, of the best cars at the club behind one Jimmy Walters. Yeah. But... He's, um, he, he's been around for ages, uh, used to be about a fair bit, um, then is working with the Australian women's hockey team at the moment wow. as like a video analysis analyst, analyst oh, I think. I wouldn't have a clue, to be honest. Um, and yeah, came back last year with the fellas and pivotal, and pretty much just did that. So twenty odd overs, four for not many. A lot of four for I reckon. Last yeah, like, that looks about right. Four for fifty-two there. Um, Jordan Hodges gets two for seventy-two as well, and singles for Taz and Jared Bridge. So fours need one hundred ninety-four next week. They're in the contest there. Good to see Hodgie back around it. That's it's always recovered nice. from what was broken. The hand, oh, the hand S- significantly broken. broken as well. So oh. good to see him back in the drag scholars. Welcome back, Hodgie. We are back on the Retrovision Dragons lair and we'll jump straight into our juniors fixtures. So our 17s and 15s had games this week and uh, both against Melville like the senior boys and 17s batted first and they clashed with Melville and put four for 220 on the board. So pretty good score there at Barrender. Yeah, um, that is a good score in the juniors. I don't think we had, back when I was playing, I can't <laughs> imagine too many scores over 200. So um, I'd be very surprised with their bowling attack that I've seen trudging around in the nets before us. Um, that they won't defend that, so I think they'll be fine. 
You've given me the easiest softball year. You can't imagine too many scores under 200 apart from that time you made more than it yourself. I was in the under 15s, mate. I can't relate in the under 17s. Sorry. Uh, couldn't bring that up any quicker. So, um, yeah, just down the batting card there, Brady Paley, Thorpe and Ethan Smith um, beginning some runs, those boys in the juniors. So uh, 62 not out and 61 respectively for them. And uh, Brayden Lee, another bloke who's regularly playing some senior career, gets 41. So good for those boys. Yeah, there are three names that keep popping up every week in the junior review. So um, and all getting a... Or most of them getting opportunities in the seniors now, so and rightly so. So we jump into the 15s, who are 7 for 189 after the first day of their clash with Melbourne at Tompkins Park. So um, another regular contributor, Blake Steven, the skipper of that side, um, leading from the front again with 66. Um, I think it's his well, like second or third sort of score of note this year, so pretty good effort there. Um, Rajat Deshmuk uh, makes 43, got that name right this week, hopefully. <laughs> and a few, other, a few other boys chipping in there. So uh, good start for the 15s there. Yeah, same again, a couple of names that keep popping up. Um, so a few boys in form, which is nice, and another another very defendable score in the juniors, so I'll back him in. Um, I saw we had Rajat on our Instagram, like, being congratulated as a junior player of the week. I hope there were some apologies, because he might have put you to stay a few times <laughs> last week. Um, yeah, no, I think Liam had a chat to him about that, <clears throat> but he did get him on as the player of the week. I was just going to say, Blake Stevens becoming a bit of an our man as well, seeing, seeing his name pop up pretty much Yeah, regular. Week. He's everywhere at the moment. Because, yeah, we have the Becky Kenton medal. We might have to come up with something for the juniors, maybe. Because I think there'd be a few blokes leading from the front there. That's actually a good idea. I like it. Uh, we'll see what we can do. But our 2020 fixtures kicked off this week, so we'll jump into those. Um, the Premier T20 side made a good start to their competition up at Joondalups. So up against Scarborough and the home team there, Joondalups. So um, the boys play Scarborough first, bat first, three for 161 from the 20 overs. And Aaron Hardy just does Aaron Hardy things. 99 not out from 67 rocks. Yeah, he's. Um, I think I've said it once on this podcast already. He's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> he just—you could tell as soon as he walked out of bat that he was going to bat the whole twenty. Um, probably didn't expect ninety-nine from him, but he just finds a way to accelerate. You wouldn't even know. I think there was maybe one over where he put his foot down and, and probably hit it for close to twenty runs. Yeah, accelerated very quickly. So I was sort of watching on the front, but I think he was four off ten or something like that. And I thought. Bit of a slower start, but he caught up real quick. Like I'd say he was probably close to a runnable thirty, to be honest, and then. I mean, 99 not from 67 tells the story, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit disappointed, um, maybe not to get 100. He came into that last over 87 not out and did well to get 12 from it. Um, he ran a two, I think, to get into 89, and it was a bit of a theme we've seen a bit with Aaron this year. Like, it was almost just on his knees out of petrol tickets, but he just keeps putting in the big ones. He's very clever in the fact that he knows when he's knacking and he's not going to pretend he's not. <laughs> so he, he will go to square leg and on his haunches for a bit and get his breath back. But there was even one, like... I think there was an easy single that him and Isaac could have got with maybe two balls to spare, um, and he just sent him back. He, <laughs> he, um, he was pretty confident he was going to send one over the ropes, which he, he almost did, and then needed, I think, I think it was 97 off the last ball, and just he'd run out of, run out of power. Yeah, so happens. We can excuse that on 99. Um, Isaac contributes with 24 not out, I think, there as well, so did his job, but the bowling innings is what we want to talk about. Cause the <laughs> oh, seagulls, we could talk all day, couldn't we? The Seagulls look in control here. They've got it at 1 for 94. One for 92, I should say. looks like they've got the game in hand. But they collapsed to 137 all out on the back of a dominant bowling performance from Stuart Hepburn on his top-level debut. We should rename this podcast the like, Stuart Hepburn there or something. Oh, oh, he's popped up at least five times every episode, and rightly so, to be honest. So his bowling figures, five for 19 on first-grade debut from his four overs. Unbelievably good. Like It's just amazing. I, th- I don't know what to say. I think we all sort of assumed that once he went up that he might not feature in the uh, the votes or the the CY O'Connor as much. And yet, you know, geez, he's looking, he's still threatening, isn't he? So Stu, as he does, like I went and congratulated him after I saw him. I just said, mate, unbelievable, well done. And he, 
sort of said, yeah, thanks. He didn't jump straight into the votes this time, but he did inquire about votes, as he does. So the question was, where do the 2020 fixtures feature in terms of Becca Kempton votes? Great question. I was, I was actually going to get us to discuss this because, I mean, it is our medal. I reckon it includes it because it's... Uh, it's really harsh. Yeah, see, I don't think it should purely be... Because like, it's the Great whole cricket game. everyone plays. If Ollie's thinking beyond the ones and being in twos, threes and fours. Oh, it's a very good it. point, actually. I hadn't considered that. Yeah, I, like, I was just thinking it's a game that they play, so it probably counts. But, I mean, Stu's an exception where he... Does he doesn't play in the first grade but gets yeah. to play again? But you look at yourself. Well, she'll Cameron, be in the mix for Becca Kempsevice anyway. He's got forty-seven on one weekend of the. Two, yeah, very it? true. Um, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Maybe, so maybe we don't count the. What T20s. came across my mind was potentially the Liam Hindle Master Blaster Award. We know Liam that's <laughs> a very aggressive and that's a very good high. Good on that as well. Maybe <laughs> player of the T twenties. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Like, we can come up with something. I think. We'll throw it to the people. Yeah. Colts can one. be included. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's actually. another thing. That was your numbers. Yeah. Okay. We'll come up with something for that though. We'll see. So, yeah, Stu, Bears repeating. Five for 19 from his four overs. Unbelievable. Top-level debut from him. Um, that LBW wasn't hitting a second set of stumps oh, on top of the poor, first. Poor bloke got hit on the chest. Did you see um, <laughs> that, uh, Garrick Morgan commented on our Instagram post I, today? I didn't yeah, he, um, he was like, he tagged the bloke that got LBW and was like, now I can see what you mean. And the other guys just replied with like a, a frustrated emoji or something. He stood there <laughs> yeah, for a long time, which I understand, but you're out, mate. Like, I'm sorry. We're all sorry, but we're not going to take our appeal back. You, um, you're done. Because our little group chat was sort of going, I thought she performing so well. And Bex, yeah, it was Bex that said, oh, that wouldn't hit a second set. I thought, oh, I thought it was mighty a bit. Oh, I looked again. Well, yeah, generous. clipping the bails <laughs> on a second set. But he, he was the only bloke that appealed as well. It was one for the it over. It was over his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll say it a third time since we've set up so often. Uh, five for 19 for Stu, so... Sure, figuring some sort of votes. Um, little underappreciated role in that sort of collapse was um, Fez Zach Ferris, so three for 33 from four overs for him through the middle, and Bondi continuing some good bowling from the weekend, two for 20 from 3.3 overs for him. Big wickets for Ferris, too, which I think is underrated. Um, I think he got Mayolo, which was who was set, and then Ty, who we all know, yeah, can hit dangerous. a long ball, um, especially in grade cricket. He's done it a lot before, and he was on the hunt. So to get them, I think he got them in within maybe three balls or something. So that set the tone perfectly and change the game. So uh, then against the home side in Judelup, who did raise my eyebrow to see they featured um, a school which is newest Big Bash star Peter Hatsiglou in their lineup. So that was good for them, but didn't stop us getting a win. So uh, the boys bat first and make a really good score of 6 for 175 from the 20. So um, contributors across the walls there. So Blair Walsh, 54 from 45 deliveries. Uh, Blair's first 50 of the season. And it's good to see him back into form. Yeah, I think... He whacks them in the nets and then he gets out in the game and for some reason he just gets out in stupid ways and he'll be the first to admit it. He just he just gets out in the most ridiculous ways. Um, so it's good to see him get some and when he hits him, he hits him clean and he's a little bloke but yeah, I think he whacked one over over long on into the breeze and like went a good 10 metres back. And it's like, this bloke's tiny but he just times the cricket ball. We know what Blair's like. Like he's chirpy and a little bit like... Oh, very. He's been the youngest in his cricket team like this sort of team his whole life so he needs to have a bit to say and like... I could sort of tell he was getting a little bit flat with himself and not making any runs just around the club, but that's a return to form for him. And I'm sure we'll kick on from there. So, um, yeah, another contributor there, Bondi, who we opened with 33 from 23. And Aaron, just again, unreal, 48 from 27, just at the sort of back end there. I feel, the I feel bad now that we just gloss over whenever Aaron does something. Um, that was a good, that was a serious knock, the 48. Um, but it's just, oh, it wasn't the 99 from before, it wasn't the 170 from the week before. So well, you say that, the, the um, week after his dig at Fletcher was just like, the Arenati podcast, and he's got plenty of play, praise and plenty of Becky Kempton votes. We know how good he is, so yeah, he'll be right. Uh, yeah, poor bloke. 
Yeah, I'm sure he's losing sleep at night. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll get over it. He's getting the recognition he needs. So, um, yeah, they in reply, um, we get Jaron Morgan pretty early. I forget who took that one. Apologies. But, yeah, so they're sort of short of the rate the whole time. Um, oh, he raised my eyebrow to look at the score kind of say you had forfa. It was a pretty quiet sort of forfa. Yeah, she wouldn't have known. I think my first over went for about 20, and I didn't think I'd get that bowl. <laughs> um, but then we ran out of bowls at the end, so um, just they were having a crack, and I took some cheap wickets. It was little nice. little cricket badgering up there for myself. I just came up for the... Back end of the second dig, and I noticed you opened the bowling in long sleeves. Interesting. It was freezing, mate. It was so the wind was blowing. It looked like it was going to piss down. Can I say that? I said it. Yeah, you can say <laughs> that. Um, and Beep. <laughs> um, and yeah, I I was freezing, so I just put them on and wasn't happy when I got carded first over. I think Jaron Morgan really really <laughs> took a liking to the long sleeves. We were watching on the frog box at um, <clears throat> at Gregson's house and all we heard for two and a half hours was just the rushing of wind past the camera so we actually had to mute it and put music on. <laughs> yeah, see, thank you. It was fr- you were there, Josh. It was cold. Yeah, well, maybe I'm just off up end for but <laughs> in any case, um, Guru, again, good two for 27 for four overs. Um, Guru and Ollie, real aggressive opening bowling combination there. So, um, <laughs> yeah, nice change. <laughs> yeah, Bondi, two for 29. Um, good catch of his own bowling, and he enjoyed it a lot. And like, uh, some carry on, yeah. Slammed the ball back in the crowd. Like, just said, boys, get around me, and they did. Yeah, I just think Bondi, I think he took two in the first game as well. He just keeps getting it done. Like I said before, he just finds a way. He's, he doesn't age that bloke. So we'll jump into the Colts, who were, they had the home ground advantage at Barano, but unfortunately couldn't really take advantage of that. Um, losing to Scarborough and Joondalup, who we also played in the Premier League games, so I'm drifting there. The Seagulls uh, bat first in the first game and make 465 from their 20, um, the wicket takers there. Jordan Hodgett, Stu Smith and Declan Crowd all getting one each, but Ollie, you played in that Colts side that made the grand final last year and just fell short, but it's a... I suppose a lot of blokes your age. It's a very different looking cult side this mm. time around. Grand final rematch too, um, but yeah, it's just a different. It's just a different group of blokes. I think it's going to take them a while to get used to to playing with each other. I think the beauty for us was uh, last season. A lot of us had spent the last five or so years playing together. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you take who you got: Blair Walsh, Luke Holt, John Sanders. Your three best players who had yeah. to play A grade. You take them out of your side and. Um, all due respect to the other blokes, but it's a, they're three blokes that are yeah, very hard to replace. Yeah, they're probably the three better so. players. Um, well, I suppose we have so much depth in the juniors at the club, but no one needs to be reminded of that. Because I remember there was a sort of time last year where um, the Premier T20 and the Colts T20 fell on the same weekend, and we almost had to come up with a completely new Colts team on the fly, and they still got two wins. So there's a lot of depth, and they'll come good. But yeah, um, just couldn't quite get across over the line. There, uh, Lockie Lake, back of the club, made 47 open the batting, but that was probably the only real score of significance as the boys. Finished 9 for 124 and a little bit short of Joondal up there. Yeah, I think it's good to see Lakey back making runs. I think he was the captain, which was uh, very exciting. I'd, I'd hate to see what sort of things he's coming up with in the field. but <laughs> Real big like, pump-up speech on the way out, you reckon? Or? Oh, I'd be surprised if he said anything <laughs> at all. Um, but there would have been some fielders in some weird spots. Um, but no, it's exciting. It's exciting for the Colts. A few young blokes getting an opportunity to play at a higher level. Um, I mean, that game didn't go their way, but I'm sure they're learning a lot from it. Yeah, unfortunately, the second game didn't go their way either. So uh, Junilat makes 7 for 130 from the 20 overs. So maybe a chasable score there. Um, Stu Smith gets 3 for 34 from his 4 overs. Uh, Jordan Hodges, 2 for 14 from his 4. But unfortunately, the boys can only get 7 for 120 in response. So uh, Ethan Smith gets 46 and... Like he gets 28, but again, those boys probably just a few short of a few more contributors. Yeah, like I said before, they'll learn a lot from it. Um, there's not, they didn't get smashed in either game, so there's yeah. nothing to hang their heads over. Um, they've just got to make sure they're definitely learning from it and 
the beauty of the T20 comp is they get to go again pretty shortly. Yeah, so. the wheel will turn for them, I'm sure. It is tough in the T20s as well to chase scores when you're like 18, 19. It's just to try and go it over six and over can be really difficult. So it's pretty standard sort of uh, outcomes, I think, there. Yeah, it's just like you say so often, Cameron, the run rate can climb pretty quickly in junior <laughs> cricket. But they'll turn it around. Welcome back to the Retrovision Dragons Lair. And again, we find ourselves recording a pod um, halfway through games. So we don't have any Becker Kempton medal votes, thanks to the Bremer Bay Resort, to give out. But I just thought we'd have another quick look at the leaderboard. And um, Ollie, you do feature on this leaderboard. You're at um, equal fourth at the moment on four votes. So it's the one you want to win. Yeah, it's um, it's gained a lot of traction, this medal. Um, I thought, yeah, it's fun. They'll do their own little thing. <laughs> um, we'll see how it goes. But all of a sudden, it's... It's almost more important than some of the club awards that will be given out at the end of the year. I think yeah, it, I don't I think know it where should I'd, be given out on uh, on the awards night at the end of the season. I don't know where I'd put you for sort of badgering. Um, Stu Hepburn's like far lap level clear in first. Um, you might be battling for second or third. I wouldn't go that far. I just uh, um, I just think credit should be given where credit's due. Well, you were flat with me when you got um, 50-odd and a few wickets at Breckler against Mount Lawley and I couldn't find a vote for you. You were pretty flat with me then. I was flat because the bloke who did get a vote had got... Th- 30 and 3 I just don't understand how that's better than what was it well, 30 and 4 it All just, the just se- no, it's basic numbers man. <laughs> all the secret spices are going to the Bremer Bay Resort Peking Hampton medal but we'll just have another look at the leaderboard um, so our three leaders they didn't get any votes on the weekend so um, we still have Cameron Bancroft and Stu Hepburn on 15 votes um, no one got any votes Josh that's what you're yeah, explaining well additional votes from last week I gotcha so um, yeah Aaron Hardy there on 13 um, Ellis Cassidy someone has jumped up so he got five votes last weekend behind him Harry Grigson on five votes so um, if we're going on votes per game he'd be a mile clear in first um, the one game and five votes for Grig yeah um, him and Cass would be equal first wouldn't they but um, I'd love to see Grig feature more in the year but geez, I'd I'm not going to put money on Grig winning the. Uh, it did raise an eyebrow for me to look at the scorecard and see Grig wasn't on there. So I thought, is this like um, that guy from North, Jason McCartney, like just the one game comeback and like yeah, just come, on come top. back, do well, and then that's all we'll remember about him. But Grig is apparently injured, so we're looking forward to his return. So um, behind those boys, we have Isaac Melendez on four votes, and you Ollie on four, and then on the ones we have Shane Warnes, John Sanders, uh, Lincoln Joy's in Wagger Dillon there as well, and then Cameron Becker on one vote producer, somehow. Producer Cameron. I'm going to be charging up the leaderboard in the second half of the year, boys. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, I look forward to seeing that. We will see. But I think for the third time this year, um, it's time to name our Seaway O'Connor Village Pub Player of the Week. And, yeah, I think for the third time this year, it's Stu Hepburn. So, Stu is with us on the pod. Are you there, Stuart? Yes. Hello, Kevo. How are you? I'm good. And I'm not sure if you're across this, but I actually have a different host here with me. So, do you want to introduce yourself? How are you, Stuart? It's uh, Keg here. G'day, Keith. How are you? <laughs> You've horribly misread that. <laughs> oh, in any case, um, does he actually know who I am? Stu, who's my other host? Say that again. Um, who's hosting the podcast with me right now? It sounded like you said Keith, so I'm assuming it's Tippers. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it's Keg. Keg, not Keg. <laughs> oh, Keg. And I'm very glad it's that as well. Oh, we've been Oh, keep this in, Cameron, please. That's not going anywhere. <laughs> Keith. Maybe I'll do a live Dragon's Lair with Keith when I'm watching the game. Oh, with him God. Or Anyway, Stuart, uh, how are you? That's good. Oh, 
<laughs> so she, rather than just potting out for thinking, confusing Keg and Keith, um, you are obviously our CYO Connor Village Pub Senior Player of the Week. I think it's the third time we've won this award. And second. Didn't you, second. One was, oh, no, it wasn't one. Have we got confirmation that he's allowed to win it this week? Yeah, we're going with it. Um, <laughs> so she got 47 in the twos and a wicket there to put those boys in a very strong position. But um, what we want to talk about is an unbelievable debut for you at the top level. Um, five for 16 in your Premier T20 debut. Like, cricket's a pretty easy game for you, isn't it? You just dominate wherever you play. Um, well, not in the last few years. It's actually been a game that I've pretty much hated until this year I've actually started doing okay. But, yeah, I, I couldn't believe... What happened on the weekend? Yeah, it was a bit, bit unreal. I think you're far too modest, uh, Stuart. Um, pump yourself up. We all want to hear it, um, and I can definitely believe what happened. I think most can. Um, so don't lie to yourself, mate. We know you're stoked. No, well, I, I was just—I literally was so surprised. I actually played. I, I thought I was expecting to sort of get to the ground and maybe. Um, Swanee's telling me, oh, you'll just be 12th man. And like, that's what I was fully expecting. And then uh, he said, no, you're playing. And then Hards brings me on to bowl. And then second ball, I take a wicket. I just oh, I just couldn't believe it. It was, yeah. I was just happy just to play, honestly. Uh, Stuart, looking at your pre-game preparation, um, they don't sponsor the show, but in your pre and post sort of fixtures, you tend to be a big fan of, um, uh, yeah, like I said, they don't sponsor the show, but I'm um, fried chicken from a state in the American Midwest, we'll call it. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it might have raised an eyebrow to see um, your order from that particular restaurant. Um, might have been an order more for a family than an individual. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we all found that really entertaining. And um, is that the secret to your outstanding performances? Uh, it must be. I mean, I get a lot of Snapchats from a few of the boys sending me through their chicken and salads. And I'm over here having cans of Monster for breakfast and KFC <laughs> for dinner and yeah, it's it's doing the trick at the moment. You've you've mentioned monster there, um, Stuart. Um, have you got anything else going on off field? Perhaps that you're obviously in pretty good form on the field. Uh, has anything come to light recently off field that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, so I um I won a mini monster energy bar fridge. How how do you win I, that, Stuart? Um... <laughs> uh, so. Um, when I was on the tools at work, obviously I, I do enjoy having a, a can of pop. So I entered into <laughs> I entered a, a local service station and bought myself two, two cans of Monster for a, a great deal of six dollars. Um, yeah, that's on at the moment at uh, Coles Express, then, I think. Yeah, it just had a QR code, so I entered the competition, entered my details, and you had to send through a photo of your receipt. Might have entered two or three times, and then. Literally the day after I bloody debut for A grade, take five, a mini bar fridge rocked up at my door. I'm like, Everything's just coming up stew at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> this week can't get any better. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to put my sides back together. I've been split, you know. I'll try to ask you a serious question here. So, um, yeah, your role going forward, um, you've seemed to bounce up a few grades who are playing threes, you play twos, and then all of a sudden you're in the, uh, not the first grade lineup, but the Premier T20 lineup. So, um, how do you see your cricket at the moment, and what do you think your role is going to be going forward? Well, yeah, I obviously went into this season just thinking, oh, I'll just play threes. I'll, I'll yeah, I'll captain threes all year and try try have another decent season in the in the lower grades. And then I felt a bit of pressure from yourself, Camo, when you talked about my um, my integrity of the awards. I thought, <laughs> oh. 
mate, I feel a bit of pressure from you badgering me for votes whenever you have had a good performance, <laughs> which is like all the time recently. No, but I, um, I spoke to Pete and Jarrah after um, the last three game I played, and I just said, look, I'm, I'm happy to play whatever team you pick me in. And then obviously I played twos on the Saturday, and then, yeah, obviously got the call up to play on the Premier T20 squad, uh, which I was, yeah, sort of taken back by. And then to actually play and have a have a little role and do well in it, I just, yeah. But I'm just, yeah, now that I've sort of had a little taste for it, I mean, I'll just aim as high as possible now. Oh, he's a credit to the club. He's a credit to himself. Um, Stu Hepburn, our CY O'Connor Village Pub Senior Player of the Week. So uh, thanks for joining us, Stu. Thanks, Stu. Thanks, Camo, and thanks, Tippers. <laughs> Pleasure. Oh, I might have said to you um, about Craig's interview a few years ago, not a few years ago, um, one episode ago, that it was like the best interview we'd done. I think we have a new contender at the top of the leaderboard there. Oh, Stu was always going to bring something, wasn't he? But he's, he's had a bit of practice now, so you'd think that should be getting better. Calling you Tippers is like... I'm not stoked about it, but I can understand the confusion. Two very, very different blokes in just about every way, mate. I'd love to get Keith. <coughs> Sorry, I'd love to get Keith on the podcast. Sounds I reckon like that'd be great. Now he's brought it up. I feel like he's brought it up to me, but I don't think he was that keen. But anyway, something we'll look at. But we'll jump into the Muleman's Junior Player of the Week. So um, this guy, again, seems to be a recurring theme. So uh, Blake Stevens, 66 in the 15s. And yeah, that's enough to win him the voucher, thanks to our friends at Muleman's. He just keeps getting it done. Um He's in, like we said before, his name just keeps popping up at the moment, so it's um, very exciting to see for a young fella. Um, I don't know what the go is with squads and things around that age, but he he must be in contention almost for um, some wacker cricket. Good to see a good young batter come through at Barrandong. Because you talk about um, wacker cricket, and pisses me off. I'll say that they like you have guys that are told they need to change clubs to make more runs because they can't do it here. That just annoys me so much. So. It's good to have a young player making runs and just showing how ridiculous that is. Yeah, I just think there's enough blokes now around that have uh, proven otherwise. I think Cameron Bancroft got all the way to the top level, so <laughs> yeah, um, playing most player, of his cricket yeah. at Barrander. So I think, and he's made what? He's battled here three times this year, made 300. So I think uh, that's proof enough that if you're good enough, you can make him here. So uh, Blake Stephen again, our Muleman's Junior Player of the Week. So we will check in with our predictions. I mean, Cameron, who are in charge of the predictions this week. Um, just for me, Cameron after he said my initial prediction of the Premier T20 side, getting to a good start winning both their games wasn't outlandish enough. Uh, that was probably fair enough. He made me throw in the Colts as well, who unfortunately uh, went over two, so my prediction is dead in the water. Great equaliser, that. I'm quite happy that... Uh, well, I'm not happy the Colts lost, obviously, but I'm <laughs> Sounds I'm like happy, you are, mate. <laughs> I'm happy that that was the threshold from the prediction being right to being wrong. Um, and Cameron, your prediction of four fifers on the back of four hundreds... Not uh, far away, though. Uh Guru Forfa, Magsy Forfa in the two teams that bowled, and then I would just would have needed uh, someone to take five for the twos and threes as can well. We, can we count Stuart's five? Uh, I think four grades is what he said. Yeah, I did say the four mm. grades. So I mean, yeah, even if you do count that one as the I'm hoping grade there's, one. I hope there's three on the weekend. And we yeah, can, it's not technically dead this week. prediction because. Um, Pardon me, um, ones and fours have completed their first bowling innings, but they could come out with the ball again. Exactly. There's, there's, it's still alive, so hopefully, well, hopefully hopefully not for the ones oh, and fours. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. uh, but hopefully a twos and threes can get me one at least. We'll uh, check in with that on next week's episode, but this is the time I would normally throw to camera for his section, Bex's best, but with a new host in the chair next to me, we've changed it up a bit and we've gone for Keg's best. So, uh, Keg, what have you brought to the show? Um... Well, I think I've it's my, I've won the best award. I wanted to give the best to Cameron for his work um, during the week on the Getting to Know Your Dragon 
um, and all the rest of the title. Um, <laughs> Thanks to our friends at Everlast Isotonic Sports Drinks. Yeah. But I think we've had a late contender. And we, I'm we going to give it back to Cameron and it will be it will be Bex's best today. So we're going back to our roots. Okay. Um, and so it's going to go to Ollie. <laughs> so wow. we, we've really just uh, made each other feel good this afternoon because Ollie headed across to the shops and we had to go get some new uh, batteries and bought the boys a tray of mini vanilla danishes. They went down an absolute treat. So, <laughs> Demolish um, them in, in like the five minutes between yeah, records. Yeah, clearly nothing <laughs> good happened on the weekend. We, we were already speaking to Stu, so I couldn't give it to him. Uh, so, yeah, thanks, thanks, Ollie, for the maybe, danishes. Maybe Woolies are... Um can be Bex's best, best for the $2.20 uh, clearance table. <laughs> uh, Liam Hindle, this is a call out to you. You have two outstanding talents and a third with Keg joining the family and we never get any snacks. Yeah. So, so it's, sort it's, that out. it's a good start from you, Keg, and that's, that's why you're uh, Bex's best this first, week. First impressions last. We're back again on the Retrovision Dragons Lair podcast for the last section of the pod where we like to have a bit of fun. And we thought this week, as we can struggle to come up with content for this section occasionally, um... We'd get someone on who's been on the podcast before this year and they're in outstanding form. So uh, Link and Joy joins us on the podcast. G'day, Link. G'day, Cameron. How you going, mate? Good, thanks, mate. And I'll oh, actually introduce him. He's had a bit of difficulty with that last time. Um, I've got Keg in the co-host chair filling in with me. So How are you, Lincoln? Good, Ollie. Yourself, mate? Um, better now that you didn't call me Keith. <laughs> uh, there's That's a good. lot going on. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll listen back. You know what we mean. So, uh, Link, we've got you on because you've just been in really outstanding form since you moved up to the twos a few weeks ago. So, 30-odd uh, as you boys had to bat again a few weeks ago, and then you've gone 190. So, you're just in such good form, mate. Like, what's your secret? Uh, I haven't really changed much, Josh, to be honest. I think playing at Byron is a little bit, I don't know, it's a little bit tricky sometimes batting on B1, I find. And I've had a few few games where I missed out, missed out, and I sort of was a, a little bit in my own head, a little bit about, about batting, and I thought I was doing something wrong, but then I think both my big scores have sort of come in an away game where it's sort of a flat deck, and once I um, made that, that turn against Scarborough, and I sort of was able to be out there for more than, you know, an hour sort of thing, and I sort of really, like, just got out of my head and realised that I could I could do it, and I was good enough to play against these blokes, and yeah, it's sort of just gone um, uphill from there, mate, yeah. Uh, pretty good, Link. Um, i we were talking before, we liked the fact that, that your first 100 was off about 200 plus balls and then you managed to show um, show that it only took you 80 balls for your 95 this week. Um, we all sort of knew that you liked to play your shots, but is there um, is that a way you do? Do you prefer playing that way? Uh, sort of depends, I suppose, mate. Depends what the situation is. Um, we were batting first, it was a flat deck. Their bowlers weren't that flash, to be honest, and... If they bowl half volleys, mate, they're going to go, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> nice touch. There it is. But, yeah, sort of, if we're losing wickets the other end, you know, you obviously got to adjust your game a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I do, I normally like to feel bad on ball pretty early on in the game, especially when the ball's hard, the field's up, and I don't have to hit it quite as hard. So that's kind of what I try and sculpt my game around is, you know, hit them hard early and then, um, yeah, just, just let the rest of the innings sort of play out. But in Scarborough, it was nice to be out there for uh, an extended period of time. It was nice to face more than 200 balls. Probably the first time I've ever done it really in my whole life. So it was nice to get the best of um, both worlds. And yeah, so I'm, I can do a little bit of both, mate. Yeah, cheers. Uh, speaking about your aggressive sort of style, Link, um, you've been picked up in this year's edition of the Southern Smash down there in um, Albany. And I think you've gone to a team with a few other Dragons in um, Bondi and Sandor, if I have that right. So um, do you just want to talk... And Shane Warns. And Shane Warns, of course. So um, do you just want to talk to us a bit about that competition and how that's come about? Yeah, so I actually played in the... Um, the inaugural Southern Smash two years ago, I think. So I was um, just because I used to live in Albany, so I was mates with one of the fellas who was um, organising it. 
got in comms with him and um, sort of got picked up pretty late in the first year draft. Um, it was sort of a bat seven, don't bowl kind of role, which I'm perfectly happy with. So did a bit of that, had a bit of fun. Last year, I was, I was away for, um, on holidays for Christmas. And then this year, I knew, knew a few more boys playing in it. Um, it's sort of taken off a little bit. There's a new couple of teams and, um, yeah, a lot of uh, advertising and stuff. So I thought I'd get around it again, got in touch with the same fella. And, um, yeah, same team as uh, the first time. And, um, yeah, it should be good with four dragons in the sides. So should give it a red-hot crack, I think. Um, and, and we know now... Despite your uh, recent form, you're you're going to be leaving the Dragons soon. Um, could you explain your move back down to Bremer for us? Yeah, mate. So um, the next fixture will actually yeah, be my last game for the Dragons. Um, I'll be moving down to Albany to play my cricket. Um, well, to Bremer Bay, but yeah, play my cricket in Albany. Um, I've just finished my apprenticeship actually as a, as a Sparky, so good to get that out of the way. Um, yeah, just a big opportunity. Obviously, our family business, the um, the Bremer Bay Resort. Sort of needs um needs looking after, and me and my brother have sort of decided we're going to take it on together. So yeah, it's good to something different. And you know, if I if I don't like it, I can always come back, and I know there'll be a spot for me at the drag somewhere. So yeah, it's an exciting time for me. Um yeah, just seeing keen to see what happens in the next twelve months or so. Uh, Link, if you're down there looking after the Bremer Bay Resort, um I'm sure you being the big wheel that you are, um you could stitch up um perhaps us doing a live show down there, put on a show for us. I'm sure. Oh yeah, mate, I got a um. Got some Wi-Fi and a few PowerPoints if you want to look up, mate. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Shoot off the wood would be nice. Oh, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> oh, so, um, yeah, Link, uh, best of luck with your move. Thanks for joining us. And um, we're all going to be really sad when you leave the drags, but I'm sure you'll smash it again this week. No worries, Josh. Cheers for having me on, mate. And to you too, Ollie. And Cam as well. So thanks, fellas. It's Pleasure, right. Link. Link and Joy joining us on the Dragon's Lair. And we're sad to lose Lincoln again, but I'm sure... The move down to Bremer will be good for him, but just before we go, we thought we would do everyone's favourite segment, a live version of everyone's favourite segment, our Kegs Multi, so, Ollie, what have you come up with? Um, well, yeah, back by popular demand, I reckon, Cameron. Yeah, indeed. Um, I had a few talking to me about it, but I've gone, I've just gone for the second week of this fixture, um, purely because I wasn't invited on the show for the start of the fixture, um, but I've gone very individual with my, I've gone a four-leg multi here, and it's very... Um, very individual specific. I mean, a lot of the results have sort of shaped themselves up a little bit, so it's um it's a lot easier to pick. I could I could easily just say, oh, the, the threes are going to lose, um, but in the nicest way possible, that's probably going to happen anyway. So yeah, dollar um, one, I think. I'll yeah, give you so that. not a lot of value there. So um to kick it off, I've gone with a man who I think a lot might have forgotten how good he is with the bat, but uh, Guru in the ones. I've got him down to make forty plus. Hmm. Um, he's overdue and he's been starved of opportunity. So I think. We're chasing a reasonable score. I think he'll get his chance to, to bat some time, and I think that's 40-plus for him. So what's interesting here is, um, yeah, like you said, Guru might have not had the start to the summer with the bat he might have wanted, but you've had a very good start. So where do you what is that figure in terms of the batting lineup? Are you looking for a promotion above Guru this week? Um, oh, just do what I'm told, mate. I, just, <laughs> I think the plan for me is to come in after tea when it's a bit easier and someone can clear the rope, so um, I'd imagine if... If a wicket falls before T, I'd say he goes in. Um, but after T, I think I'll do the job. So uh, try to get on the hook to uh, trumpet yourself. There. No, no, not going to happen. So uh, what have you got next? Um, another man who who's always in form, but has probably missed out a couple of times in a row. Um, our good mate Josh. I've got Isaac Melenta to score sixty plus. Yeah, he's due. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's the nicest way to put it, isn't it? He he hits a thousand balls every week, so um, there's no issues with how he's seen him. Um, just. I'm sure he's disappointed with how he got out last fixture, um, and I don't think he'll be doing that again. He he doesn't miss out too often, so 60-plus for him. Yeah, um, but yeah, no one's more disappointed to miss out than Isaac. So 
He'll be back in the runs, sure of it. Um, and to follow that up, I've gone uh, young fella, Luke Holt in the twos. He's already got one to his name, but I, I predict he'll he'll add four to that and, and have a five-wicket haul. Yeah, I think a Michelle for Luke. It's just going to be, like, like we sort of touched on earlier with Luke, he's sort of been a bit of an inconsistent sort of role in that one's lineup. so it's just going to be good for him to bowl lots and lots of overs. I actually had a chat to Stu about this today. We were talking on the topic of sort of five for but already having one. Say Luke did, gets did five you take for this five? week. He did, yeah, shockingly. Oh, um, we were discussing if he takes four, five, four this week to make it five in total, you know, where does that feature in terms of CY Connor Player of the Week? Because do we only count the four that he took this I'm week? I'm pretty sure it only counts. Or, do, or would we say he took the five for? Yeah, no. Because so, Stu raised the point because he himself had taken one this week. Well, already. so two took him in the week. Yeah, it's so the player of the week. I'm not going the player now, of the week before. For Stu to get player of the week again, he'll have, he'll have to take nine. Oh, what are they? Seven weeks left. That's yeah. a day for. I oh, know, I agree. So I think it'd have to be a big one. Um, but that, but it, was, um, it was an it's interesting play, decision. Player of the week, I think. Yeah. So um, I think on the second day of our two day fixtures last time we got to Guru, who got five. Five from the second yeah, day, the yeah. Second, so. I think it's just the second. We'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. Indeed. What do you got next, Ollie? Um, and to close it out, I've gone um, fan favourite in the fours, um, Aaron McCall to score 30-plus. Um, they're not chasing a huge total, but he does tend to bat himself up the order. <laughs> um, and if a man's ever been due, it's him. So 30-plus uh, to really boost the odds on this uh, on this multi. Yeah, seen you head in that fours lineup, so um, could use some runs from him, I'm sure. So, yeah, that'll just about, after that awkward silence, that'll just about do us on yeah, yeah, uh, done there, mate. episode eight of season two of the Dragons Lair podcast. Um, thanks for hanging with us and thanks for getting a lot of good content this week. We'll give another plug to the Get to Know Your Dragon podcast with our camera featuring Mick Jers, and that's going to be a feature going forward. On YouTube and where you find all your podcasts. Oh, how exciting. Like, comment, subscribe. Ding those bells. Do all that stuff with our show too. Like we're still waiting on all sorts of reviews and stuff. Um, we're only accepting five star reviews at this time. So if you have a four or a three, well, just that to, might be the issue, mate. I don't think you'll be getting any uh, this week. Just uh, keep that one to yourself. But um, Molly, you've done a great job in the feeling chair. Thank you for joining me. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. And Cameron, thanks for doing the difficult job of getting behind the buttons, which I would not have a clue out of there. Nah, thanks for stepping into my role, boys. Uh, hope to take it back next week. <laughs> it's all yours, mate. Uh, Cameron is currently in post putting the exit movies over us. I'm sure. And if he isn't, um, we'll just say see you next week. 